Wrestling Inc. Welcome back. Wakey, wakey. It is time for the final Winkly of the week. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined here on Thursday by a man who's traditionally here with us on Tuesdays. It's Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkly. You know, they call me two for Tuesday, right? I'm always impressed, Nick, at the way you nail that opening the first time you try it every time. It's so impressive. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. It's not a big deal. You know, I've been doing it for too long. So anyway, uh, one small gripe, though, you know, people people listen in the afternoons. We record this at noon most of the time. And, I don't and, care. And, Do not care. People post lunch is considered good afternoon as the appropriate greeting for that time. That's not what Robin Williams says in Good Morning Vietnam, though. So that's not what I'm going to say. That's not how I start the show. So I don't care what I'm you're sure that's to. what our audience is cued into is references to Good Morning Vietnam. Hey, hey, baby, it's it's morning sometime <laughs> somewhere on this planet. You know, I mean, I don't know. Go to go to China and listen to it. If you're upset about it, move, move to where you can listen to the show where it is morning. <laughs> change your whole life for the weekly all right <laughs> sell your things leave your children and your wife whatever it is husband i don't know uh anyway. nick Hosman says <laughs> it is weird it is weird being here on a thursday i am so used to the tuesday groove right i know what i'm in the middle of we got raw we got smackdown back to back i'm oh, right man. there in this little niche all the weekend news and thursdays what do we do? We're already drunk for the weekend, right? That's what's happening today. <laughs> you know me, baby. Uh, well, I want to thank everybody so much for tuning. This has been a blockbuster week here for the Winkly. We had Cody Rhodes on Tuesday. We had Joey Janela yesterday. Uh, I had advertised that I was going to have Matt Taven on the show today, um, but we had a, a, a an issue come up, a positive issue. Um, I will. That'll make sense next week when uh, you hear the interview with me and Matt, why it had to get rescheduled. Uh, I do believe it will air next week. Um, but a happy reason that that has to be delayed. But in its place today, I thought I found a more than reasonable replacement. Uh, I'm going to have my good friend Sean Waltman back on the show today. I've wanted to have Sean uh, on ever since it was announced DX is going into the Hall of Fame. So uh, I get to chat with Sean, and I think you guys are going to really love it. Also, uh, since I have one Hall of Famer uh, on the show today, Raj reached out to me. I guess he did an interview with Honky Tonk Man in 2012 that we never released the audio for. So we are going to go into the Wrestling Inc. vault today, and we are also going to air Raj's interview with the Honky Tonk Man from 2012. So you got that to look forward to. And the reason this show is going out later today is because Impact Wrestling has their Press Pass podcast today. They've got Josh Alexander on, one of their new signings, and they're also going to be revealing what former world champion is returning to the company on this call today. I'm going to have a chance to ask them some questions as well. Uh, we're recording this before the press pass, so I don't even know who this person is yet. We're all going to be surprised and find out together later in the show uh, who this person is that's returning to Impact. So that's what you got planned for today. Sit back, relax, enjoy the punditry, enjoy all the audio, and let's get to some news. Some news you can use, news that will leave a bruise. And speaking of bruises, this one hurt. Wrestling Observer reporting that Tommaso Ciampa is injured. I did think it was suspicious that he did not compete on Raw or SmackDown this week. Now, apparently, he is fighting through the pain until TakeOver, where he's going to have a big bout that I don't believe has officially been announced yet, so I'm not going to spoil it for you here on the show. But very upsetting news, uh, Michael, to hear that Ciampa is dealing with an injury right now just after getting called up. Any any news on what that injury potentially is? I have, I've heard the news he was injured but did not see what it potentially was. No, I, I, no, no, it's it's not. Uh, it wasn't clarified in, in Meltzer's report exactly what he's dealing with. Right now, um, but, you know, the fact that he's seeming to, to work through it, I mean, he's not on the NXT shows, he's not wrestling, he's not wrestling on Raw SmackDown, so, you know, this could be a case, you know, honestly, it smacks of kind of 
what's going on with Seth Rollins uh, to me right now. We're in WrestleMania season right now. You know, there could be some lingering energy injuries. You don't want to work somebody too hard. You want to give them time to rest. Sure. That's what this sounds like to me, you know? I mean, he better get out there. That 30-day uh, title defense clause is going to come up and bite him in the rear end if he's not careful. Sergeant Slaughter is going to be coming out demanding he give up the title if he does not defend it. No, I think it's a – you likened it to Seth Rollins here. It's a, it's a big deal, right? Uh, Ch- Ciampa is the face of NXT right now. And, and again, not going to spoil the match, but big feud, big match coming up for TakeOver. And I know a lot of fans are excited about that. So hopefully he's using this time to heal – I think it does speak to a larger issue. A lot of guys dealing with injuries right now, a lot of guys dealing with injuries around the calendar year. And I've always kind of wondered, man, should we give these guys a little bit more time off here and there? I know this is a hot season, but you're going from January through April, four months of intense wrestling and promotion. But really the end of last year, we had survivor series. We had everything going on in December with TLC, very brutal matches. So all around the the industry, I wish kind of these guys had a little bit more time off to promote this. So again, you know. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I, I understand why it's a 52 week a year business model. You know, it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. I think they're doing a better job of giving guys longer breaks. I mean, Kevin sure. Owens is coming back refreshed right now. You know, he got to spend some time away. Uh, I'll bring this up right now. Buddy Murphy made a big announcement yesterday on Twitter that he's not going to be on 205 Live for the foreseeable future uh, as he is just going straight up back to Australia for a vacation here. Uh, I was happy to see that, too. I mean, this guy's been putting on stellar matches, you know, really been at the top of the, the cruiserweight heap. Those guys push themselves so hard. It is mania season. I, I like, you know, we got so many guys right now. You know, you've got so many great players you can plug in all over the place. It's okay, I think, to let guys go away, rest up their bodies, and come back. You know, I, I don't think we need a a you know seasonal time off. I think that giving guys time off when needed as they're doing now, I mean, at, le- at least what it appears they're doing now is probably a better way to go, you know? And that's that's fair. I mean, I, I, I'm not arguing for a take two weeks off, take a month off. I, I, I like the idea, but it doesn't make any kind of business sense, right? But you are right. They're giving t- guys like Owens, um, Seth Rollins right now taking some time away from the ring. They are, giving, they are better than they used to be about giving them time off. So I, I get that. But yeah, big deal, right? Um, hopefully he heals up because what we're looking forward to at TakeOver is going to be hot, 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 if I do say so myself. Also, I mean, I think with Ciampa not being on TV right now, uh, maybe better. I'm not I'm not thrilled with the way they've taken these four guys from NXT and just kind of thrown them onto the main roster. I mean, Ricochet and Aleister Black, don't get me wrong, huge talents, very, very talented. I don't really know what I think of them as a tag team, you know? Their, their energy, like, yeah. right? Like yeah. They, right? They should be individuals right now. They should not be tag. I don't get why they're tagging, you know? I don't like this. I don't like the way it's been portrayed that these are the NXT guys, and they're all together because they're from NXT, right? right. These guys are all individual stars. Put them up. Ricochet wants to shine. Aleister Black, his whole gimmick is that he is a loner, right? right. He doesn't have to be a heel, but he's a loner, not a tag team with Dude. a high flyer. Dude, I could not agree more. And it's like they got him out there talking. and yeah. you know, Rick- Ricochet, great in ring. On the mic, dudes, I don't want to – is Goober a good way to describe the way he sounds when he talks? I mean – He's so – he's, like, authentic, but he's he's very earnest, right? And that just makes him a little bit kind of goofy sometimes. He's, he's a goofball. Yeah, goofy. I mean, he's got that big smile, and he's always kind of like, oh, gee, this is great. Oh, my goodness. You know, like <laughs> – 
<laughs> it's true. It's, I mean, that's what I love about him, right? But that's not that doesn't make for a great promo all the time. Let his in ring work speak for itself. You oh know? man, look at all these lights. This place is cool. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna... you love it though because it's the fan in him shining through, right? But it doesn't really make again these guys being in tag teams uh, together doesn't make for the compelling characters that I think they can be on their own, right? The fans want to get behind Ricochet for what he does in the ring. And, and putting him in tag matches doesn't allow him to shine on his own because he's got Aleister Black, who's right. a huge, large personality that's very dark, and it, it just feels weird in some ways. And I didn't understand what was up with Lana, like, dressing them down on Monday night, <laughs> where it was like, you are not original, and you are nothing special. And it's like, Jesus, what ah. way to build up talent, you know? Uh, I guess she's, like, the bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I didn't weird. understand it. Uh, we'll talk about uh, somebody who just had some time off. Uh, unfortunately, they had to leave as they, uh, he was battling leukemia, but it was an awesome Monday night. He's in remission. And with that, Roman Reigns has been added to all WWE Raws through May 6th. Uh, according to WrestleVotes over on Twitter, there's no word yet on who he will face at Mania. But, of course, there's a lot of names out there for him to play with. Um, for you, I mean, what... It, you know, what What do you do with, I mean, obviously the guy's, you know, hotter than fire right now. I mean, what do you do with this guy? I, I think there's a lot of things here. Number one, to unpack, I, I haven't been on the podcast all week, so give me a hot second here to say, great to have Roman Reigns back. What he came out and said and did Monday night was phenomenal. There's a lot of genuine energy around him right now because it's it's a feel-good story, right? Roman Reigns has been dealing with a very serious personal issue, and he's risen to the challenge, and, and the fans love that. We, we love, like, listen, yeah, we were booing him two, three, four, five months ago, right? But we love him now because he is humanized to us through a real-life event. Not that we should, you know, play off of that in the ring, but I'm glad they're dealing with this directly. I know there were some concerns about why does he have to come back to Raw to announce this, but I'm sure Roman Reigns wants to go out there and directly address the fans themselves and make the announcement himself rather than making it a PR move or a press relief. I know it was a, a ratings gimmick, but again, I like the way WWE has handled this from top to bottom. I like the fact that they didn't come out and say he's back full time, but then they had him at an angle. I thought that was a, a smart booking. And again, could they have brought him back at Rumble and, and let him win? Maybe, maybe, maybe he was almost ready, maybe not, right? But but I don't think we throw him into the title picture yet. You've got that sewn up with Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. I think what you do with Roman Reigns is you give him an upper mid card, a big name to fight against that feels heavy, but it's not a title match, right? Like, let's see, what's John Cena doing? Yeah, let's have a John Cena Roman Reigns match because that's one way to make sure we've had that before. But now it's different, right? John Cena needs somebody. I think a big name like that could be a lot of fun. If Kevin Owens spins off of this Daniel Bryan feud, maybe Kevin Owens comes back around to, to Raw in some way and they make that work. I, I want to see somebody like that who he can go with in the ring. And that would be kind of a, a different angle for him rather than just putting him back in the title picture against the Beast again. What What about revisiting Taker, right? I mean, no, I don't, no. I don't want to. I don't want to sound macabre, but I mean, the man just beat death. I mean, wouldn't it make sense <laughs> for him to, to beat death again at WrestleMania and finally, you know, put it to rest? I, you know, what I, what we were talking about, you know, last week or so, uh, Vince not being happy about Taker showing up at Starcast. I guess talks are are opened up again with Taker about possibly doing something. I don't know if it's Mania or. Uh, whatever the, the the Saudi show is after Mania, um, I I don't know. I mean, you gotta you gotta pick somebody that's gonna make some noise here. You don't have a whole lot of time uh, to put it together here. We're you know within about a month now of WrestleMania. I mean, Cena I think is good. Taker's good. Uh, Labar yesterday said 
Maybe Baron Corbin's the guy who's, you know, he's got nuclear heat right now. Maybe you just have Roman Reigns beat him at WrestleMania. I think what, but here's what I want to see from Roman Reigns right now. This is where I disagree with, with even somebody like Baron Corbin. I want to see him go against a big name like Cena that draws some attention to the match, but that they can still deliver a good work rate, right? You put him against Undertaker, that's not going to be an interesting match. It's going to be very boring. And it's all, it, it's name recognition. It's not going to be something we remember. We want to have a feel-good story with Roman Reigns. And I think that if you have him go out there and fight John Cena and beat John Cena, right? And they shake hands at the end of it all. And it's just this really great moment. If he beats Baron Corbin, so what? Yeah, you're right. There is nuclear heat around Baron Corbin. But I think that feud drags down Roman Reigns in some ways because the focus is on how much everybody hates Baron Corbin, not on how much they love Roman Reigns. And so I want to see some kind of mid-level here. Yeah, we don't like Kevin Owens, but it's not nuclear heat, right? I want to see some kind of feud like that where it's going to be a great matchup in the ring and we can still love Roman Reigns as part of this feud and part of the storyline, not just hate the guy he's fighting. Yeah, no, um, and I think that, uh, you know, I think there's a couple ways we could maybe get there. You know, I, I think here at Fastlane, they definitely teased like a Shield reunion, right? And Ambrose is on his way out the door, uh, it's it seemingly here in a month or so. If you're going to do one last uh, reunion, I would think Fastlane, the three of them versus, you know, Lashley, Drew and Corbin, uh, where you set up something with one of the three of those guys or I, me personally, too. Like, I'm I'm I kind of would like to see Dean go out losing at Mania to, to Roman uh, yes. as well, you know. That's it. I mean, they're doing this weird thing where they're going to make him, it looks like, a baby face for his last month in the company. But I, I can't imagine a better send-off for Dean Ambrose and, or Jonathan Good, if you will, for his time in WWE at this juncture than for him to you know, kind of give back to Roman. I think that'd be a great well, moment. I, I don't know if you deal with Ambrose and make him kind of turn on the shield, come fast lane, or how you get there. You could. That, it wouldn't be hard. Or have, yeah. have, have him be the one to cost the team the pin, and he freaks out about it or whatever. You know, you guys but yeah, Roman bag. would be great for him. That'd be a, that's a built-in story right there, brother versus brother again. Perfect matchup for Roman to get him where he needs to be moving forward. And let's not forget Dean Ambrose was the one who invoked or said that because because of his time in the Shield, that is why Roman Reigns got cancer, right? Isn't that the line or something like that? <laughs> That's right. Yes. <laughs> because of the sins we committed as the Shield, this man has cancer. Jesus. All the carcinogens that we... <laughs> Anyway, this is the sound of me hitting my head against the microphone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Could have been that, anything, but who thought uh, that was visualization there is helpful. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to another return here on Monday night. Uh, PW Insider reporting now that Batista is expected back on Raw this Monday. Going to follow it right up. The man just murdered Ric Flair on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and apparently the video on YouTube has done like over 6 million views. I mean, that's a big number uh, for a WWE YouTube video. You know, people are interested here. I don't know if Papa NXT, Triple H, is going to be able to come across his most convincing baby face as he's having Becky Lynch arrested and escorted out of the building at the same time. Uh, what do you make of uh, the return of uh, heel Batista? I love the segment Monday night. Number one, fantastic surprise on top of a really solid show to end it on that note was great booking and some of the best storytelling I've seen from this company in quite some time. Agreed. But also... I love the small things here, right? We talk about attention to detail sometimes. The fact that they had another cameraman catch this in the action, and that as viewers was our entryway into the camera Batista had and was talking into. That's a really smart way as opposed to all these other times where we're back in the locker room and the camera is there capturing these private moments between people. It just felt very real and it allowed us as viewers to kind of enter that space in the right way. I think you're right. 
WWE is going to have one hell of a time trying to convince the fans to pull against Batista. Remember, Batista is Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Batista now, right? He is not who he was before. The fans want to like him. What I felt like on Monday night is he came across as a really cool, badass babyface, right? Like Kind of like we used to see back in the Attitude Era, who I'm going to do whatever I want to to get attention. You think he uh, came across as a babyface? I, I think unintentionally he did. I get it. They were playing him up as a heel because he's attacking, oh, poor man, Ric Flair, right? But the fans cheered because it's Batista Dude. from the Avengers movies. Dude. And um, I think what we're going to end up with here is more of a middle ground, slightly more heel-leaning Batista, slightly more face-leaning Triple H, but where the audience just kind of does what they want to with this feud, and, and it will be what it will be. Yeah, man. Uh, we brought it back last time as a baby face, and they booed him. I can't fool us twice, right? We'll bring him back <laughs> as a heel. Uh, they couldn't cheer him then. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what they do here on Monday night. It is interesting to hear you talk about him like a baby face. I don't... I. I'm very interested to see how they follow it up. I don't really know exactly what they do here. I'm a little perplexed by the uh, the power dynamic in play at the moment. Listen, Stone Cold Steve Austin stunned Santa Claus on an episode of Monday Night Raw and it's, got cheers for it. That's what this is, it's right? Different, man. I don't, man, dude. He, he beat up this old man on his birthday. Like, there's nothing baby about that. This man is a bad. This is a bad, bad man. He brutalized an elderly person. You know. Uh, I, I disagree. Remember, I mean, I, I, I think you're I, I get what WWE, WWE was trying to portray it that right way. But to the fans, the fans see, look, Batista is back and he's challenging to your point from earlier. He's challenging the guy that is trying to keep us from Becky Lynch. And I think that's what they see at the end of the day. Well, speaking of Becky Lynch uh, and attention to detail, the Q Arena where Fastlane is going to be held has officially removed Becky Lynch from their advertising. Becky was originally announced as taking on Ronda Rousey. Then she was listed as just appearing. Now she's been removed completely. Uh, just little stuff. I, I dig it. I mean, the, the woman's in prison, right? Or jail. Is she, is she in jail or did she get released? I, I don't. Well, maybe she posted bail, but she did okay. have mug shots that were, you know, interesting police station where they take mug shots in front of those cinder blocks. But, you know, good for them. Oh, man. You know, I would. <laughs> they, we, I hope we get video from the court proceedings. Right. I, <laughs> I mean, court proceedings very popular right now on television. Just say. Right. So, uh, well, let's get to some uh, some signings here. Some talents moving around. Uh, NXT UK has signed five uh, new talents. Jazzy Gebert, Kaylee Ray. Ilja Rukaber, Oliver Sauter, and Jay Melrose. Uh, I'm most familiar with Jazzy, of course, from the, the May Young Classic there. Uh, powerhouse. Jazzy Gabbert is a very scary woman. Um, great additions. And then AEW assigned B. Priestley. Uh, Priestley, of course, has uh, previously worked for promotions like Stardom, World of Sport Wrestling, and Defiant Wrestling. Interesting how WWE had their five new talent signings out like an hour or so after AEW announced their latest signings as well, you know? Uh, I think we're going to see little tit-for-tat things like that here in the coming months, years to come, you know? I love it. There's this meta in professional wrestling right now where the press releases are part of the story, but how the companies are reacting to one another is a bigger part of the story. As a journalist, it's fantastic. As a pundit, I love talking about it. But as a fan, you've got so much to be excited about. And, and again, WWE consider itself above competition to a certain extent, but everything they're doing right now, going back to bringing Bruce Pritchard back into the fold, going to new hirings for creative, all of this stuff is showing that they take competition seriously. And WWE 
is at its best. Vince McMahon is at his best when his back is against the wall in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, great talent here all around. NXT UK really kind of jazzing it up over there. And I'm happy to see WWE investing in their other their other promotions across the world and take those more seriously on their own. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, you know, there's McDonald's all over the all over the world, right? But they sell right. th- they sell different stuff in Japan than they do in America, right? Like the menus change. The brand is the same. The menus change. So, I think- and let's not let's not forget here too. We're talking about NXT and AEW or WWE and AEW, but uh, poor New Japan Pro Wrestling over there. And and again, they're dealing with their own woes in regards to this whole women's situation. So interesting. Well, and and on in that regard, I wish they would embrace the women of wrestling brand over on sure. Access TV a bit more because they do. Ha- there's a two hour block of wrestling on Access every Friday night, and it's New Japan and it's women of wrestling. So. You do get a women's show to complement the all men's show that is New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think, I just think there's a smarter bridge, a smarter play you could do working with that promotion. I know that that show was taped a year or so ago, but I would, I would get involved in that. I get invested. I pick their brain. I try to figure out what we can do more together to offset the criticism that New Japan is getting right now about not having a women's division. Um, Absolutely, it's like when companies buy startups that fill in a niche they don't have. Right? They do that because they get there ten times quicker from buying that company than trying to develop it themselves and. New Japan is just kind of a still, again, outdated in that regards. Mm. I don't think they, I mean, I, I, might, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion or not, but I don't think they need a women's division, right? Like, there's an all-women show, women are wrestling, and nobody's like, where's their men's division? You know? Like, I, don't... I disagree. Here's where I disagree with that, because okay. it's a much bigger deal. You're, you're right. New Japan pro wrestling in Japan, it may not matter. I'm not over there. I don't know the culture as well, right? But here in America, as New Japan continues its westward expansion, it definitely matters because you're constantly being compared to WWE and now AEW, who are both very prideful of what they have going on in women's wrestling. And I think that's where it hurts them a lot. Okay. You, you could be right. You know, to, to me, it's just not – I mean, it's your product. If you want to have a women's division, not have a women's division. You want to have a tag division. You don't want to have a tag division. Yeah. Like, you know, it's you're your right. product. It's, it's their you know? choice. I'm not disagreeing with that. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get it, though. I understand. You know, um, there's successful models working right now, and, you know – you can do that or you can do something different. So um, anyway, uh, let's get to the last news item here. Chris Jericho has purchased a new home, a mansion in Tampa, Florida for $3.225 million. Now, of course, uh, he just signed a brand new deal with AEW uh, north of seven figures uh, from all accounts. Um, this is a waterfront home. It is 8,569 square feet. It was built in 1998. It goes along six acres of land. It has five bedrooms, six full bathrooms, and three half baths. It's a lot of. It's five bedrooms and six, seven and a half baths. That's a lot of bath to bedroom. That's a big ratio, you know. Well, I mean, if you're gonna, if you want that much house, you got to go to Tampa because who wants to live in Tampa? Am I right? <laughs> but but <laughs> I'm just saying anyway. But for real though, I have lots of stories about Tampa. We'll do a whole podcast on that one day. Jericho's worth a lot of money. We get that. And I, I, I know why this is news, right? Because it's a big name in wrestling, purchasing a very expensive house. Uh, I guess Jericho wanted to get ahead of WrestleMania being there in a couple of years. So he's prepping for his WWE comeback. Let the rumors start there. He can't. It's supposed to be Tampa <laughs> next year. He's like under at least a three-year deal with AEW. The thing I don't like about all this is there is so much conversation about how much money Jericho is pulling in from AEW. It starts feeling a little bit icky because we're like, we get it, dude. You're pulling in a whole bunch of money to anchor. that. He's talked numerous times about how he he had that seven-figure offer from, uh, you know, Impact Wrestling to do four matches and all this stuff. I'm just tired of hearing Jericho talk about how much money he's making. We get you're a rock star, dude. 
We all he's worth it. He's a big name, but he's also he's kind of going to that legend category now, right? So yeah, know. he's the only real legend on the AEW roster right now. And and truthfully, the AEW roster has kind of a cool heel vibe, right? Sure. Because like what you're saying, you're like Jericho's kind of a bit heelish, but he's like cool heel, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people people love him, but he can still play a badass. You know, I think that's again. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the show a good friend of mine and soon-to-be Hall of Famer as he enters alongside all of Degeneration X April 6, 2019 at the Barclays Center. It's Sean Waltman. Sean, welcome back to the Winkley. Thanks, Dick. Uh, I'm on my way to Venice Beach right now. I know. In lovely California. <laughs> I know. How's the weather where you're at? Dude, it's awful, man. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's like, <laughs> it's like snowing and freezing here in Chicago. I'm really yeah. jealous of where you're at, you know? Yeah, and my son's here visiting from Minnesota, so like you know, he got out of crap. So mm, yeah, I feel bad because like I called you, and no, you're and you're driving with your son right now, and it's very nice for you to talk to me right now. But you know, that's it's cool. Very nice of him to share me with you. Yeah, you know? he's used to share, he's used to sharing his father with the wrestling public. Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, uh, maybe you know, does it, wait before we get to anything, is he going to wrestle? Is he going to be like you? No, he's he's in the music he's a musician. Oh, good for. Are you happy about that? Yeah, yeah. I'm happy that what, like whatever he loves, if he's pursuing it, I'm happy with that. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, maybe he'll write. Yeah. He should write the theme song for your podcast or something like that. You guys could collaborate. He right? He makes beats. He makes beats really, really damn damn good at it too. So, hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to take uh, all of your day away because, again, this is dad time for you with your son in Venice Beach. But you're going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, tell me, how does it feel, Sean, to just know you're finally taking your place in the Hall of Fame after all these years? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's an amazing feeling, obviously. And, and uh, uh, you know, I said this a few times now, and and, you know, it's. I'll say it again because it's so true. Like I didn't know if I was going to ever make it mm-hmm. to see today. Yeah. Uh, you know, you kind of know, okay, DX, WO, stuff I did as a, I did as a singles, you know. Um, so probably at some point, you know, it would be recognized. But, man, I wasn't doing too good for a while there. So you never, you know. No, I wasn't sure. But I, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by all of it. And, uh, and, and and really mainly, and, and I'm really good on this. And like, I, I'm more excited about trying to uh, be an inducted than anything else. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah. but you've always been good about putting others ahead of yourself in the business. I'm, I'm really not surprised to hear you say that. Um, it's huge, you know, yeah. But I'm not putting anyone ahead of I me, mean, man. I'm just. I'm just putting myself right there with them and happy to be there with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. No one's ahead of anyone. No one's behind. Like, we all did that together, you know? And uh, and it was just, it was the greatest time of my life, Nick. But, you know, and I'm, uh, and I'm so, like, I, any day of the week, I, I'll choose to go in with that as opposed to by myself. Plus, I'm scared of talking in public in front of 20,000 people up there by myself anyway. It's not like you haven't done that your whole career, right? I mean, you've yeah. played, you know. Um, yeah, but still, this is the thing, the thing for me. Nick. Were you surprised that they, they're putting all the DX in? I mean, I know that, you know, in, in recent years, they focused more on just, like, it was just Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Are you a little surprised that they're doing the whole group? 
if they're doing DX, I'm not surprised at all. They wouldn't do it any other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be just ridiculous. I would, I would think so, you know. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, it's you know, kind of a funny thought. Well, I, what were you gonna say? Well, but they're kind of, they've been kind of picky and choosy the past couple of years when they bring back DX. Sometimes it's just Sean and Hunter, and you're not there. You know, I, I guess I didn't know that it was a given that you would all be put in as a group. You yeah. Know? Now, I mean, I've heard, well, you know, is this person or that person? What about this person? What about what aboutisms? Uh, but like, come on, let's be honest. Rick Rude, he walked out and and uh, you know left the company, and it didn't and it wasn't like on good terms as far as the DX thing. Right. So it's like I, I don't I don't get the still like anyone trying to make the connection there, you know. Then right. no no disrespect to Rick, but like you know I mean there was that that segment they did on TV the following week where where Sean pushed the little guy over and said that was an easy role to replace. Right. Paraphrasing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember just, that. Like, you know, he was just there. He wasn't really like an integral, like part of. He wasn't the spirit of DX. Sure, Rick was like I don't know. He was there to kind of give gravitas to to the original DX, so they didn't really know what it was going to become quite yet. Would that be yeah, fair but, to say? But he wasn't even like he wasn't even like it was all really weird to him. Even like the whole, um, you know, the whole style of promo, the whole shoot style of promo of, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, talking about real things and bringing up real life issues like that, like, like that whole way of thinking was foreign to him. You know, he was really surprised that they were doing that. Do you think that a guy like Rick Rude would have connected like now in the current landscape of pro wrestling the way he did back then? Uh, no, he's still connected. If he was still like that, Rick Rude, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> to me, like, someone like that will always do that. Um, you know, I mean. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they talk about other, like, you know, like, you know, other people have done some stuff, like Hornswoggle, and, and, and my uh, my manager, slash, so whatever sex, she was my second to the ring. She was great. Um, I loved, like, she was just, uh, you talking about Tori? Always, not Tori. She was always right where she was supposed to be. Total professional, you know, um, never a problem. And just, like I said, timing was was really good. Like, there were so many great things about her. But you know, I mean, so definitely she's going to be thanked. Okay. Um, now the, the hall of fame has become one of the spots. It's not necessarily like an, an, a punctuation at the end of a career. Sometimes it results in like, you know, people going on like Kurt Angle right now. He wrestles more than ever. I mean, do you see this as a chance for maybe yourself to get back in the mix on WWE TV or even like, you know, DX making one more run here in the company? Um, I mean, who knows? It's definitely not something I'm, I'm opposed to. You know, as long as if, if you know if I'm able to, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always that that possibility since since I'm still pretty good at this. You know, I don't suck at this. So I mean, I'm pretty. I, I yeah, I, you know, I'm obviously not you know the 30 year old, 25 year old John Wallman, but I can right. still do a few things. Hey, look, PC, PCO's having one of the best runs of his career right now, right? And it's just like a light bulb goes off differently. And for you, I mean, there's so many talents that would work your style so well right now. I mean, do you have any 
Like, if you could pick a couple guys on the WWE roster right now that you'd really like to have matches with, I mean, who sticks out to you? No, I, I haven't even thought about anything like that. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I would have to be in that kind of shape to really think properly about that. Because when you're not in that kind of shape uh, to go, like, to that degree in the ring, like, it's, it's hard. To, it's, there's a certain mindset you've got to be in. They even think that you could even get get in there and do it like that. And right now, at the moment, like I can't. I mean, I can go out there and do some things, like I said. But man, I, I mean, those guys are on a whole other level. Like, and you know, not saying I could never get in there and do it with them, but you know, it would take quite a bit of preparation. And like, you know, I'm I'm pretty far away from that right now. Like I said, it's hard for me to even you know imagine it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's I don't just, know if that makes any sense to you, but it, no, it, it, that makes sense. Just being in shape, man, puts you in a whole different frame of mind on what you can accomplish, like the things you can get done in life. You know? Yeah. Uh, I just, I just know I see a, a spot for you. I mean, especially with all the the success again of like a lot of the two hundred five guy, two hundred five live guys are making the transition now. I mean, mm. even somebody like yeah. even somebody like Jeff Jarrett now, who like came back. And it's just like having fun in the mix. I mean, I don't know what a run with you would be like or how much you'd be willing to do, but just even having you around or something like, a, a you know, I know Drake Maverick is the 205 Live GM or something like that um, currently. But, you know, I think there's a soft spot for you, uh, especially in that cruiserweight division. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind being a part of that 205 Live brand, Nick. Like, I mean, they, they've put, they put it up behind it to make me think that they actually want to do something with it. You know? Right. Uh, and so, and so then, you know, that would make me actually want to part of it. And, you know, I think I had a lot to do with why there, there's even such a thing as 205 Live. And, and, and in the past, like when they started that, they never even honestly uh, acknowledged me. I'm going to lie and tell you that didn't bother me. Mm. So, yeah, maybe well, they can make that right. Well, and 205 Live, you know, it, it's one of those shows I see as they're making the move over to Fox here later this year, and they've got FS1, and, you know, some of these shows like 205 Live or NXT, those would make great shoulder programming on, like, an FS1. You know, it's just food yeah. for thought. There, I mean, there's there's good talent there. It's a good brand. It's, it's very unique. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, I'll get back to the Hall of Fame here real quick. It was announced uh, earlier today, as we're recording this right now on the 26th, uh, Honky Tonk Man is going to be inducted alongside... DX, the, the first other announcement. Uh, what do you think about Honky Tonk going in alongside DX this year? Well, I, I mean, they asked him several years ago. And, you know, for whatever reason, he, he declined at the time. And I, I'm sure he had, and he does. I've heard him tell the story. I'll let him tell it. So, uh, but it's long overdue. He should I mean, I was, no, there's no, he should have done this. He, he did what he, like, he felt like he had to do at the time. But, you know. Excuse me. Come on, I can tell you. I can. I can sing every single word of uh, Honky Tonk Man's theme song. You know, uh, in my sleep, uh, he was great. You know, uh, he might not be that cruiserweight or that style of uh, of wrestler. You know, he might not have been like the the Bret Hart type of uh, of wrestler of, of his era, but I thought he was great. You know, and. Such an over-the-top character, and uh, and he's been quite the character, like just you know, uh, outside of the, like just out in the, you know, peripherals of wrestling. You know. So, yeah. I'm happy for him. 
I'm happy for him. He deserves it. Good. It's a it's an eclectic mix here too with DX kind of attitude era hockey talk man representing kind of a, a part of the era just just after that. I mean, yeah. Uh, who? Uh, oh, good question for you. Off the top of my head, I didn't have this written down for me, but a lot of people want to know who should induct DX. Who do you think should be the per, uh, person or persons to induct DX? Um, if there's going to be an in, an inductor, I don't know. I think you know, like maybe Mike Tyson. Oh, that'd be a great one. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, um, he was such a, a huge part of, of the early success of uh, DX in the Attitude Era. Come on, let's just be honest. Yeah. And, him, you know, adding his, you know, uh, that was an incredible ingredient to have, you know? Man, that's true. I just remember, I just remember, like, that being a big thing that caught my attention when... When all of a sudden, okay, Mike Tyson, WWE or WWF at the time. So, yeah, and and you're sitting over at yeah. WCW, and you're like, oh, that one, that one's good. I was, I was sitting, I was sitting at home, you know, recovering from that surgery. Right, that's true. And going, oh, and 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 the uh, the, the screw job, Montreal screw job, had already happened. So we, so I, I, they already had my attention. So they when, already have my attention. So when you're sitting there at home, you're under a WCW contract. You see Mike Tyson shows up with your friends. I mean, are you are you calling Hunter and Sean? I mean, what was communication with you guys like at, at that point when you see something like that? It, was, it wasn't like that. I was on the phone with him, but I was thinking to myself, hmm, things are looking interesting here, you know. And and the more and more I watched, because at home I just started watching. You never, we never got to see WWF while we were doing Nitro, you know? Yeah. So I was getting to see the product a lot, you know, while I was at home, and I'm going, oh, there's momentum here. And I saw it Ooh, quite, a, you know, quite, quite a bit earlier than, I don't know. Well, no, other people saw it, too. Do you get do you get nervous when you're like on because you're on one team right you're on the winning team at that point WWE was kind of looking to get back up on the upswing at that at that time like do you get do you get nervous are you happy like I I don't know I wonder with some wrestlers or does it give you anxiety because there's a lot of wrestlers going through that I feel right now with uh, being on WWE and, and looking at what AEW's doing. Hey, uh, no, you're happy. <laughs> you're just making a bunch no, of money. I mean, Who cares? You know. No, but I mean, just like anything that's, you know, shaking up the business. And and we didn't want to be, like, I don't know, they just wanted to destroy, you know, Vince and the ratings, but we wanted them to stay in the game. You know, we wanted it to be neck and neck. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. You know, we don't want to just, like, have this game where we just, you know, like, just, just skunk the other team, however you want to put it, and just, like, you know, and spike the football every single Time. Yeah. 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 Um, why do you think uh why do you think WWE picked this year twenty nineteen as the year that DX should finally go in? I don't know, Nick. You don't know? <laughs> no. <laughs> New York. I'm thinking it's New York and the last time they talked about uh inducting us was uh, I think the last time we did New York. Okay. Okay. And they ended up inducting Bruno. You think that you think that they're uh, stacking up some firepower here, possibly, you know, because, uh, you know, the other show going on down the road at, at Madison Square Garden, you're going to be going head-to-head with? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that's, that's to be part of it. I, I, I don't blame them either. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting night, man. I feel bad because I, I'm pot committed to the MSG thing at this point for, for different reasons. But uh, I'm, uh-huh. I'll am i be there. I'll, I'll find you afterwards. I'll promise. I'll, I'll bring you flowers or something. I'll make it up to you. Um, <laughs> hey, quick, Nick. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I arrived in, at, at Santa Monica Pier. All right. We're done here. I, I asked all my questions anyway. Uh, your son's Jesse, right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. T- tell him thank yeah. you. Tell him thank you on my behalf. He was too kind sure, with man. allowing his dad to hey, do this. Hey, do you want me to do I talk tomorrow, too? Sure, man. Well, bring me on your show. You All got right. a podcast. I don't know. I'm around. All right. Maybe I'll give you a holler. All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You guys take care. Have a good day, Nick. Thanks, man. No problem, Sean. Bye. And you've been wrestling since 1977, right? Uh, thereabouts. I mean, I don't like to be reminded of those days, but... Yeah. And uh, when you started with WWF, uh, did you start using, you were using the Honky Tonk Man gimmick, uh, it basically started there, right? Not, no, I, I, I actually started the thing down in uh, Mobile and Pensacola uh, and, and uh, Southeastern wrestling for the Fullers, and then I took it to Canada for Stu Hardy and, and uh, kind of fine-tuned it there, and then from there, uh, WWE picked it up, and, you know, we tweaked it a little bit, and then it kind of took off. Yeah, and, and did they come up with the name The Honky Tonk Man? And I, I know you were doing the gimmick before that, but the, but the name wasn't until you were in WWF, right? No, I, I had the name before, yeah. I had the name, like, two or three years before. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, there. Uh, you know, people don't understand this, but but I had a whole career before I ever went to WWE, and and it's like, oh, this is a new guy, and then he's first he's starting out. I've been for like fourteen years in the wrestling business before I ever went there. Yeah, and and how did that how did that come about? You when you finally did get signed. They had been, they had gone through different places and taken people, and they had taken Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy and, and uh, Brett Hart and Jim Nyhart and then right. left the one year. Then the next year they came back through, and you know they were taking guys. They had taken Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, and Hogan, and David Schultz and different people. They were taking people from the territories. Yeah. Uh, Vince, Vince was taking all the top guys from everywhere. And then uh, the next, I came through on the next round. So the next time he came back through, he took the next crew of guys that were the top guys. And I, I was the top guy in Calgary. And, and uh, you know, he made, me, he made me an offer I couldn't refuse. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it, it definitely turned into, you know, one of the more, uh, more memorable runs. I mean, you, when I, when I think of wrestling in the late eighties, you know, like I, I think of, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, uh, Andre the Giant and yourself, you know, you became, uh, you became one of their top guys. Um, when you won the Intercontinental title, it's always been reported that Vince McMahon originally was putting the title on Butch Reed, but couldn't find him. And then Hulk Hogan suggested that uh, that you get the title. Was that how you remember I, it? Yeah, I just happened to walk by while they were standing in the hallway, and uh, and uh, Hogan looked and said, "What about him?" And uh, 
that's how it happened because uh, Butch was uh, Butch had gone AWOL, which we call uh, you know AWOL or MIA, missing in action, yeah. which happens sometimes. And uh, of course, like Jake did, Jake was missing in action about half the time he was there. Mm-hmm. You know, and but but anyway, it did, I just happened to walk by and they said, "What about him?" Okay, and they pulled me. Vince pulled me aside and told me said, what he wanted to do, and Steamboat was leaving. I mean, you know, after all these years, and Ricky Steamboat gets a job back as a as, a, as an agent working there and making money, and I'm sitting home, you know, doing nothing, and uh, and and then uh, he was the one who up and got the belt from from Savage, and then ended up quitting the company. Yeah. And saying, I, I want to go home and spend time with my wife and children. And, uh, and of course, if you, if you have a championship belt, you don't go home and spend time with your wife and children. You have to be on the road. And and, uh, and he says, you know, this guy wants to do this. Nah, I need to, i got to have the belt in the town. I said, listen, if you give me that belt, mm-hmm. I don't want a day off. Yeah. So, so and I ran, I, and I ran with that belt for sixty-four weeks. Yeah, and and winning titles was a way bigger deal back then. Um, what was your reaction when you when they ultimately decided to go with you to win the title? Well, you know, I I, I knew I knew I was going to get over, and I knew I was going to draw people and sell tickets, title, no title, no matter where I was on the card. Mm-hmm. I knew that because I, I had perfected my my persona, the the, the honky dunk man thing, and uh-huh. and, and I, I just I, I knew it, if it didn't work there, it was going to work somewhere else, and and of course WCW, which was not WCW at the time, but Turner, uh, with the the Crockett's in North Carolina and and Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, I knew there was a spot there no matter what, mm-hmm. and and with it being such a southern style thing with the Elvis. Uh, uh, knockoff character and everything. I knew it would work, and if it didn't work for WWE and they didn't want to use me the right, the proper way, then I would just, I would have just moved on, mm-hmm. and and that's what I was planning on doing. And, uh, but then I got the opportunity to to get the Intercontinental Championship, and uh, and, I, and I ran with it. And uh, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I, I think I did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, uh, you would you would headline a lot of the house shows with the, with the title, which you know that never happens. Yeah, we were, yeah the, the the Intercontinental was a uh, I became main my main event status right underneath Hogan. Yeah, and you had some really memorable feuds during that time. Who were uh, who were some of your favorite opponents during uh, during that period? Well, you know, I like working. I like, I like being with Jake whenever Jake was around, and I, I didn't mind. I, I like being with Steamboat, but you know, he left. The co- it's like I said, he left the company. Yeah, stayed gone for twenty years, and all of a sudden he came back with a shirt and tie on, and was a you know a, a supervisor. It's like, <laughs> oh, now you're a big shot. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, and then I the. Really, really good matches and a great run with Macho Man Randy Savage and yeah. very memorable and, and and just really good stuff and good stuff with Jimmy Snooker. Yeah, it's, when I was when, when they put me with Snooker, then I was pretty much uh, had been degraded down the card because they were going a different direction with the Warrior right. and planning, you know, putting him in in, in position. 
position to take over Hogan's spot. Right. Um, you were originally, uh, there was talk that you were going to drop the title to Savage uh, on the main event, um, but that you, you didn't feel that you should drop the title yet. Was that, was that accurate? to this day. Did that kind of lead to why uh, they had you drop the title to the Ultimate Warrior? And he 
nylon belt was such a hot item that right. it was a stepping stone to the to the to the big belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, for him to get the Intercontinental Championship for me and keep it for you know for six months or eight months and obviously then move on up to the next level was made even more bigger and better than than he would have ever been. Right. Yeah, definitely catapulted him to that to the next level. Right, it was a catapult to the next level. And I, I didn't have a problem with it when it was done that way because it was done in a, uh, you know, they treated me very professional about it and sat down and, and, and we knew six months ahead of time what was going to happen and we planned on it and it was all uh, laid out and worked out the, the, the proper way and I didn't have any problem with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was, I was kind of ambushed on the Randy thing mm-hmm. and, that's, and, and I was at a point in my life where you know, things were going so good, and we were doing so well, Randy and I, mm-hmm. uh, selling out every arena. I just, I, I, I couldn't understand why would you want to just now de- destroy this whole thing? Yeah. And make him back the Intercontinental Champion, which which probably would not have helped him very much at all. With him chasing me was, was what was selling tickets. And then if I was at... And there was no return matches for me, even in the in the, in the mix. We we're going. It was like the, the six million dollar man that old TV show. We can rebuild him. Mm-hmm. No, you can't rebuild something you've destroyed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, well, that that, that, that was my that was my old time timey thinking, you know. And now they bring these kids in. They. One day they got one name, the next day they got another name, and one day they got blonde hair, the next day they got brown hair. Right. But they don't. At the nobody, same time, they don't. They don't really make stars like they used to. <clears throat> no, nobody. I mean, there's no stars anymore. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You, you're you're absolutely right. That's a that's a very that's a very good point. There's no stars anymore. Yeah. Well. And then people people always ask me, what's wrong with the company? I said, well. When you have to have Jim Ross and, and Jerry Lawler mm-hmm. uh, and Michael Cole as your semi-main events or your biggest angle on WrestleMania last year, right? And, and then you got to bring The Rock back. You got to bring Stone Cold back. You obviously have no stars on your roster, right? Yeah, I, we were watching. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at it logically and say. Why do they have to bring these guys back? Obviously, you have no one there that's worth a damn. Yeah, we were watching this year's Royal Rumble, and it was it was just very apparent how few stars there were. I mean, you know, no one in the match really had a chance to win. You know, there was like two guys maybe. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, it's a situation where the young fellows, I know they take them down to Florida and they keep them two or three years and put them in a training camp. But, you know, going to training camp three four days a week, uh, you don't learn your craft that way. Right. Uh, I mean, you don't learn how to be a truck driver by do- going to truck driving school. you got to be out there on the highway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, but but anyway, I mean, it's their business, not mine. i got my own thing to do. I'm an independent, and, and I'm very happy doing what I do. I travel everywhere. And yeah. So like I said, I, I, I was sorry I was a little late answering your call to, for the Monday show and and uh, everything, but the time changed, and I got home late last night, and I'm not an early riser until Wednesday morning when I have to leave for Winnipeg at, yeah. on a 7 a.m. flight, yeah. and I'll be up there, and 
I'll be in Winnipeg for the next uh, four or five days. I was just five, four or five days in northern Minnesota, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I stay, I stay busy doing what I do, and I, you know, I really enjoy. I enjoy professional wrestling now more than ever because yeah. it's fun for me, and I get to I get to hang around with young kids and 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 and, and, and interact with young guys, and, and a lot of the young guys are very eager to listen and learn. And yeah, I don't I don't try to I don't try to teach them, but I give them a little advice here and there, and that's about all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'd like to talk more about that um, in, in just a, in just a little bit of, about uh, you know where you're wrestling and things like that. Um, I did want to ask you um, when you first left, you know, after you dropped the title to the Ultimate Warrior, that they, they kind of brought you down the card a bit, um, and they put you in the tag team and everything. And it looked like you were going to uh, move to the announcers booth before you ended up leaving. Um, what happened there towards the end uh, of your first run with WWE? No. The uh, as you said, once you, once you drop the title, then you drop down the card, and yeah. And then of course it was, it was my job to to get guys. You know, uh, my next step was they brought Jimmy Snuka back, and of course Jimmy had left Vince with bad terms several years before, mm-hmm. and so Jimmy was brought back and and uh, with a big hoopla and a big build up and. My job then was to uh, make Jimmy look good and get Jimmy snuck over again, and and so ultimately he went on to to wrestle Kurt Henning, who every night then of course was defeating Jimmy right. because they were building they were building Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jimmy was just a pawn in the in, in the game as I was, and we both knew it, and uh, so. But uh, then uh, it was the tag team thing that you mentioned with myself and Greg Valentine as Rhythm and Blues, mm-hmm. which I thought, you know, I thought was a really, really, really good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Valentine didn't he 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 didn't want to cooperate. He was always that you know I'm a wrestler. I'm Johnny Valentine's son. I'm not gonna go out here and do no rock and roll singing. I ain't, I don't want to dye my hair black. I, uh, I'm Greg Valentine. So. You know, he never really put all his effort into it. Yeah. But by the same token, at, the, at about the same time, they secured the services of the Road Warriors uh-huh. from Turner's organization. Right. And from 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 the Charlotte guys, mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Crockett and Turner. Mm-hmm. And once Vince had the Road Warriors, then I mean, we were set. To, we were going to we were going to take the belts. We were going to be tag team champions. From the Hart Foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, then he had he got Road Warriors, and that put us then behind the eight ball because now he had Demolition and Road Warriors, Hart Foundation, and of course Road Warriors ended up getting the belts. And once he had the Road Warriors, we were like I said, we were uh, you know Rhythm and Blues was behind the eight ball, and they sent me over to do TV commentary with the. Daffy Duck, uh, Roddy Piper, you know, he, <laughs> he never stopped talking. <laughs> and so, so that, that was not a good, and I, I felt like I could do more in front of the camera as opposed to behind the camera. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I made a decision to just, just take off and leave. Yeah. And so you, you next uh, signed with WCW a few years later, right? What, what did you do during that, uh, that period off? 
you know, I've, I've, I did the, I did independent shows around the country, all over, mm-hmm. and I had a great run with Killer Kowalski and and that group up in New England. Every weekend, he would have me up there, and he had great shows. And Killer Kowalski is one one of the nicest, sweetest gentlemen in the business. And of course, I met Triple H up there in China, and and uh, Gail Kim, and uh, gosh. Uh, who else was at Perry? Saturn was there, and so, so I met so many young guys and kids just breaking into business and, and helped them along, and you know just made some good relationships with, with some great people, and and was able to go out and have fun again. You know, <laughs> this business is about having fun and, and entertaining right. the people, not 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 begrudging the fact you have to get up and and, and go sitting a building all day and somebody hands you a script like they do now. I, mean, I went to Cyber Sunday with, with Santino Morella. They handed me a script. They handed me a script for Coco Beware for Hall of Fame. I said, I don't need a script. I know the guy for 30 years. I don't, I don't know what I need to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's... But, but, any, but anyway, the, back to that, I, I, I left. I did the independent thing. Then the WCW thing came along. And Eric Bischoff and I... I don't know. I mean, from day one, he just right off the get-go, he says, uh, you know, the only reason I brought you in is because Jimmy Hart just kept, he kept hounding me to bring you in, and the only way to shut Jimmy up was to bring you in. And I'm not a big fan of yours. Well, if the guy signing the checks yeah. is not a big fan, it, 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 listen, if he's not a big fan of yours, mm-hmm. you're probably not going, you're not going very far. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that seems like a very strange so I, thing to say. Yeah, I, I stayed there for about three months. I didn't have a contract, and uh, then they wanted me to do the, uh, uh, the proverbial job on television once again for Johnny B. Bad. It was nothing against, uh, nothing against uh, uh, Mark Merrill because him and I have, have, have become friends. And, and I told him, I said, Mark's nothing against you, but, you know, my whole deal is I don't do this stuff on TV. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out there and lay down on television. Yeah, and and so that that led to your departure. Oh uh, yeah, it's a very fast departure. I had a cab waiting as my music was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you uh, have you ever spoken to Eric Bischoff since? No, no, I have not. I have not. I, I could care less about ever speaking to him again. Uh, he obviously cared about me because he wrote in his book the one person he uh, that gave him the most uh, uh, favorite favorite firing or something. It, uh, his, his manly uh, uh, thing uh, was to 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 fire the honky tonk man after all the people that. Yeah. He actually put in his book that he, he it made it brought more joy to him to fire me than anybody else. So yeah. obviously he had it was, it was something there that he liked or disliked. I don't, yeah. I don't I don't care whether he fired me or not. I, you know, he said he fired me. I walked out. It, I, it's up to I mean, it's up to anybody's discretion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you remember your last conversation with uh, with Eric? Yeah, I told him he couldn't carry Vince's job strap. <laughs> uh, so I could, I could. He said you. He, well, and he said, well, you did. A, he, he said you did. A, you did. You did a job for Vince. I said, yeah, but Vince paid me a hell of a lot better than you are. <laughs> 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 and I said, I never did him on television either. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it was. 
And he said, well, if you don't do this, and we don't need you around here. I said, well, you can't carry Vince's jock strap. And I grabbed my bag. I said, boys, I'll see you later. <laughs> then, then Hogan come running and say, hey, brother, hey, brother, what's going on, brother? I said, let me tell you something, brother. Yeah. I said, I'm out of here. I said, I, th- I said, I said, I said, I said, the only reason I was here is because, to, you know, to give you some support because you were coming in and yeah. and then all these guys that were never around you, I was here to support you. He said, hey, brother, I wish I could help you, but I'm just, I'm just here to serve and that's all. Yeah. So, well, you know, if you, if you can't help me, then nobody can. Anyway, I said, see you later. And I didn't talk to that guy for 20 years. Wow. I'm not talking to Eric Bischoff. I could care less. I don't even want to talk to the guy. Yeah. Well, I got nothing to say to him. Right. Yeah. You know, he, he was giving guys three, four, five hundred, six hundred thousand, seven, a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 God bless him. I was wrestling Brian Pillman a couple of times. Brian Pillman had been off, had been off, and, and so was Mark Merrill off, <laughs> sitting home. Yeah. Making three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, right? And had not worked, had not wrestled a match in six months. Uh-huh. And then, and, and then, man, I'm so glad you're here. I, we get a chance to wrestle and come back, and we've been sitting home. Yeah, <laughs> I was making a thousand dollars a match. These guys are making three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a year, and they weren't even working. They just got a check every two weeks in the mail. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nuts. I mean it. To, to, I mean, to this day, like how how badly mismanaged it was there towards the end. It you know it. Oh yes, I mean, I mean, you know, Kevin Nash and and the Scott Hall and those guys, they 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 should send Jim Ross. They should send Jim Ross right now. Mm-hmm. They should open their checkbook and send Jim Ross a twenty percent agent fee <laughs> because Jim would go on TV and say, "We've heard some guys from down south might be headed up north." Right. And that's all he would say. Yeah. And Eric Bischoff would give them guys a fifty thousand dollar raise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, it's like, damn. Okay, you know, Jim. You know, I really appreciate what you've done for me. I'm gonna give you and your wife a, a, a trip to Hawaii or something because every time you said, "I hear some guys from down south might be headed up north," that's all he would say. Right. These guys are getting fifty. Eric Bischoff called him in the next day. Said, "Listen, here, I'm gonna give you fifty more thousand. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's all it takes. <laughs> That's insane. Um, yes, it is. When you went back to WWF in 1997, uh, I mean, it had to have been just drastically different than you remembered it from, you know, from the the late 80s, early 90s. Um, what were your thoughts on on where the company was at that time? You know, when I went back and did the Billy Gunn thing with, yeah. with Billy, and, and, and uh, I love Billy to death, and now he uh, he's realized that, 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 that you know, <laughs> he's, uh, he, he understands the business now, but back then I, he wasn't really sure what was going on. And, right. and uh, they, it's nothing against Billy, but, and he knows this, they, he had been there and they had done certain things, and now... We're looking for the next greatest intercontinental champion. Yeah. They should have brought in a new guy, a fresh guy, and 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 it, it, it just did not work. It was terrible. It was terrible for him. He didn't like it. I didn't like it. Yeah. There was something that it, it it just 
not work. Right. Uh, I mean, him and I could make it work now, but we couldn't make it work then. Yeah. And and it went on. It drove on for three, four months, which was way too long. Yeah. The company had not changed that much at that point, mm-hmm. other than the fact that they were going to the DX generation to push the envelope to the to the sex attitude, and then and you know. Uh, uh, May Young having a, a baby, right. you know, a hand from Mark Henry, and, <laughs> and 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 events having a proctological exam, and yeah. pulling all you know Jim Ross and all kind of people out of his back. You know, it was a real. It was a. It was a sick. To me, it was a sick area. Yeah. It was a sick uh, part of our business that that still today exists mm-hmm. with some independent promoters and and high school principals Mm. and civic organizations they still remember that and when us guys as independents try to get wrestling shows people go no no we don't want that we don't want all this sex and naked women yeah which now they're a pg company but Mm -hmm. still that's what people remember right like that what they did in that day haunts them to this day I mean, it hurt us out here with what we do because of of not being able to get as many uh, wrestling shows as we should have or could have mm-hmm. because of what they did. And now, uh, when I went, but now, if you want to know how the business changed, mm-hmm. when I went back and did Cyber Sunday mm-hmm. with uh, Santina Morella and that, right. it was all scripted. I mean, it was like everything was written down on paper. And yeah. You got to study it like in Hollywood. It's like, man, come on! I don't need to study this stuff. I know what I need to do. Yeah. You no, you ha- and you have to go out and rehearse it and say it that way at three o'clock. From they start rehearsing at like two or three in the afternoon yeah. until like five or six o'clock at night. It's everything. I mean, even walking down, coming through the curtain, and coming down is all rehearsed. It's like. Man, give me a break. Hell, I know how to walk down the damn aisle. <laughs> yeah. How was it? So how was it when you came back in 2008 and did the thing with Santino? Was it, uh, yeah, other than the scripting thing, um, uh, was it was it a fun appearance or was it just, did the scripting thing just kind of turn, turn it completely off? You know, it, it, was, it was fun in a way, but the scripted thing didn't, it, it kind of turned me off, but... I, I, what I was really hoping for, and I really thought that they should have done, and, and but it's you know it's not my call. Mm-hmm. I really would have liked to take because he's a great talent. He's a fantastic guy and, and just a fantastic talent. Mm-hmm. I, they should have let this thing run with him and I. Right. It, this was in October. Let it run to WrestleMania, and I say. Okay, at WrestleMania, if you can beat me at WrestleMania, I will drop down and I will say you are the greatest of all time. Yeah. And and that would have catapulted him mm-hmm. then to whatever they wanted to do with that Intercontinental Championship belt mm-hmm. to make it mean something again. Right. Yeah. Did and, and and they and they and they didn't do it. They 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 passed on that. And like a week later, they went to England and. Uh, uh, I think Steve Regal beat him in the, like a minute, and, and after, now I mean nobody even knows who. Uh, I think Cody Rhodes has the Intercontinental Championship belt, and he's had it for 
you know, I'm the greatest of all time. I've had it for 200 days. Right. Okay, fine. Big deal. Yeah, I, I mean, now when someone holds the title, I mean, they're beaten all the time in tag matches and stuff anyway to where it doesn't... It, uh, it, it just does not mean... None, none of the championship belts mean anything. Right. I mean, when, when you have to bring The Rock back and give him 10 or 15 or $20 million for WrestleMania, mm-hmm. that means you have nobody on your roster that's worth a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, excuse my French, but or, or English or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when when you were asked to induct Coco Beware in the, in the Hall of Fame, um, what were your what were your thoughts on that? You know, I, I enjoyed it. I I thought it was a great thing for Coco, and Coco and I trained together, and and the call just came out of the blue, and. Uh, but normally, uh, a person who inducts someone has already been inducted themselves. Right. Uh, but I, I didn't mind it. I, I thought. I mean, I enjoyed doing that, and it wasn't even about the payday or anything like that. Because you know, I, I got screwed on my rent a car and several other things I never got my money for. Mm-hmm. But uh, going there and doing that for for Coco was a. It was fine with me. Just like I said, we 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 started together. We trained for a year together. Yeah. Yeah, it just seemed. Well, I mean, I mean, I I enjoyed just just doing to to be there to do that for him. I, I didn't care about being around the rest of the people because, right? You know, I mean, I, I didn't work for the company, so I didn't give a shit. <laughs> but did, didn't it seem odd that you weren't being inducted yet, you know, or you hadn't been inducted yet? Well, you know, then they called me the next year because I was living here in Phoenix and they wanted to do it in Phoenix, but. I was already booked doing the uh, Wizard World uh, comic book conventions, and right. and uh, and I had a contract with those guys, and had, had and those I had a Toronto date the same same weekend. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, uh, if they call me to go and do Miami, it's too late. I've already got a contract with High Spots to be there and uh, perform for High Spots at the WrestleMania weekend this year at the Wrestle Reunion. So. Uh, they 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 wait too late for these things. Yeah. Oh, so they did ask you for this year too? No, they have not called me for. They won't ever call me again. No. <laughs> I'm sure they will. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I I I just, I really felt that it was an insult in in a way to call me because it was in Phoenix. It was like, well, you can drive over and everything. It's a close shot for you. It's your hometown. Well, Phoenix is not my hometown. Yeah. Uh, Phoenix is not a hometown to anybody. I don't think uh, there's very few people born in Phoenix. Right. They're all from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my daughter's making pancakes right now. She was born in Memphis. My son was born in Calgary, Canada. <laughs> I was born in, 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 in Bolivar, Tennessee. My wife was born in Edmonton, Canada. I mean, nobody that lives out here is born in Phoenix. Yeah. So did you get any heat for that, for not for having to turn that appearance down? Oh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But, hey, I, you know what? Mm-hmm. It is what it is, and, and, and I don't, I, I, I tell, and, and it, uh, every, every now and again I speak with my friend Jimmy Hart, and Jimmy's back with the company now. I said, you know, Jimmy, they have their shoulder on, I have mine. Yeah. 
and, and what they do is totally different from what I do. I, I'm out here doing my thing. I'm booking my own stuff. They do their thing. And the only difference is their checks don't bounce. It's a steady paycheck. <laughs> yeah. That's the only difference. I mean, other than that, I, I don't wait on that 203 area code to pop up on my phone. Right. Well, having been, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, having been, uh, you know, everywhere, I mean, you've seen it all. What do you think that WWE today could learn from, from what you've seen and, you know, from your experiences and to make their product better or even? I'm not, I'm not going to give them any free information. <laughs> gotcha. That's a, that's, a, that's a great question. I'm sure a lot of guys would love to answer, but, yeah. uh, Obviously, they think they're smarter than we are. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, well, the first thing they can learn is why you having to bring your old stars back if you don't have, you don't got anybody on your card that's worth a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, um, so so you you said you, you're booking your own appearances right now. Um, what are your thoughts on the independent scene today? You still enjoy. You still enjoy. Uh, don't, don't, don't be there for six hours. <laughs> oh yeah, the show starts at seven. Yeah. Well, it really starts at seven thirty, and it's not over till midnight. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. Let's, let's get this. Let's get this shit over with and be done with it. <laughs> but but you're having fun uh, on the independent scene right now. Yes, other than sitting around the locker room for ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so what what do you got coming up? WrestleMania Wrestle Reunion thing, and then I'm booked pretty much solid all through the summer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's it. I mean, I just take one day at a time. I, I the, the bookings of I had a February the Death Tour booking for uh, Northern Manitoba uh, that I canceled uh, because I just wasn't. I, I wanted to do it, but then. I had some family problems and, and, and all sorts of stuff was happening here at the house. And mm-hmm. Every Canadian guy, Edge, Christian, uh, Jericho, uh, I mean, all those guys have been on that that death tour, they call it, and go up north across the ice lakes and everything. And yeah. I, it, was a, it was a 20-day tour that I, I really couldn't be away from home mm-hmm. that long. And, and, and so I, I, that's the one time that I did cancel on the guy. And, and the guys, Tony Candelo, a great promoter, been around for 35, 40 years, trained Roddy Piper. Piper's been on that death tour. Yeah. Uh, everyone from Canada's been on it. So I thought, well, it's toward the end of my career. Yeah, okay, Tony, I'll do it. Yeah. Then as it got closer and closer, and 
you know, I was putting together all my winter clothes that I had, and I, living here in Phoenix, you don't really have winter clothes, so, mm-hmm. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is just not going to work for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, do you mind uh, doing a little name association real quick? Okay. Let's go start with Eric Bischoff. Uh, sure. Let's let's start with Eric. Uh, are we PG rated or X rated or what? Uh, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll censor any language on the site. <laughs> okay, Eric Bischoff. Uh, gosh, I guess he is. Uh, he's done very well for himself to be a guy that started his career uh, running and getting coffee for the boys at Vern Gagne's office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about uh, Dynamite Kid? Uh, you know, I, 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 Tommy and I got got along great in Calgary and toward the end in WWF, uh, uh, things went different with him and different situation and and, and I regret everything that's happened to him, but he's made some statements that, that's, and he, even uh, Davey Boy's uh, uh, Smith, uh, God bless him, a great kid, his ex-wife, uh, uh, Diana Hart, wrote in her book, if, uh, if, if Dynamite Kid was saying something, he was probably telling a lie. But, but other than that, you know, I wish him well. I'm, I'm sorry about all his health issues. Yeah. Um, what about Kevin Nash? Uh, you know, I finally got to sit down with Kevin last year at, at, a, at a thing we were at in, in San Jose, California. Mm-hmm. And Kevin's a really great guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's very smart. He's very smart <laughs> about the way he does business. And I wish I had been as smart as him. Mm-hmm. Because I probably could have done, and you know he's a big guy too. He's seven foot tall. And, yeah, and he's a, he's a, he's a good talker. He's a, he's a good businessman. And then if they needed someone behind the scenes in WWE, he would probably be a great guy to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like he's he's got a pretty good mind for the business. Um, yes, I mean uh, you know he's he's had a bad rep because of a lot of things, but you know it's it's been physical issues that's, that's held him back from being. You know, uh, one of these high flying, doing all this, but he, he knew that he's seven foot tall, and right. three hundred pounds. He he doesn't have to go out there and do all that nonsense. He understood that, right. and and to me that was uh, uh, that's that's very important when a person understands what you can do and what you can't do, yeah. and then be able to make it work for yourself. So, but yeah, he's a great guy, and I not and as far as the you know Scott Hall. Uh, Scott, I met Scott several years ago when he was trying to get in WWE and doing trial matches and stuff. And it, it's too bad, and uh, I hope he gets his life together and and and, and everything because he, he's a good guy. Yeah, um, Randy Savage. Oh gosh, what can you say about Randy? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't mean you're in the danger zone, yeah. Uh, <laughs> We had some of the best times, and uh, we were never close personal friends at all, ever. Randy never let you be a close personal friend. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Randy had a very close personal friend other than his family, yeah. uh, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did very well, and we had uh, a, a good chemistry in the ring together, and uh, just uh, he was a great performer. Yeah. Um, Hulk Hogan. Oh, 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, the old hoaxer, yeah. he's like the wind. Whatever direction it's blowing, that's where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what can you say? I mean, uh, there's been so much negativity, and, and, and I know people want to hear me say bad things about people, mm -hmm. but Hulk Hogan was the Muhammad Ali, the Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm of our era he tiger woods changed the way people looked at golf mm -hmm. muhammad ali changed the way people looked at boxing mm -hmm. hulk hogan changed the way people looked at wrestling right and for that reason he he has had an impact on my life my family's life and ever anyone in the wrestling business they should bow down and say thank you thank you thank you and of course, Vince McMahon too, because it took both of them, and it took the vision of Vince McMahon. Even though people ask me every day, "How is Vince McMahon in real life?" and yeah. I say, "Just like he is on television." <laughs> I mean, he is that character, and say what you want, yeah. but he has changed the business and made it to where it is a real legitimate you know, multi-billion dollar worldwide company as opposed to county fairs, you know, rodeo arenas and things of that nature. Right. And that was actually the last name I was going to ask you uh, next was Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, it's like I said, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a, he, you, you don't get to be in that position unless you're a ruthless businessman. Yeah. I call him and at, I call him the Steinbrenner, the Steinbrenner of the New York Yankees, right? He passed away not so long ago. Right. Steinbrenner was, you know, he ruled with an iron fist. Mm -hmm. And Vince uh, is the Steinbrenner of wrestling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, anybody can say what they want. Stephanie, Triple H, sure. They're behind the scenes. They might be able to persuade Vince this way or that way, but I promise you, mm -hmm. there's not one thing that does not happen that Vince McMahon does not know about. Right, yeah. yeah. He, he runs that company. <laughs> okay, well, well, thanks a lot. Do you have any uh, anything you'd like to plug or any uh, anyone anything you'd like to say? To... Nah, I mean, there's nothing going on. I, I've got my friend Adam over there in uh, Pennsylvania now. Uh, that uh, hooked up this interview who's doing some of me, some of my bookings and yeah. uh, uh, people who don't know me don't know how to get in touch with me Adam uh, takes care of that for me now I, I had my friend Steve Wilson in England we had a great run together and, and uh, he's working with Ultimate Warrior now and yeah. and uh, he, he, he did a wonderful job for me for, for three four years and uh, and uh, we we just kind of drifted apart and uh that's, uh, I mean, I'm out here rocking and rolling, baby. You know, <laughs> as, as, as Jimmy Hart said, the beat goes on. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, you know, definitely best, you know, we wish you the best of luck, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Well, I just, I, you know, I, I'm so fortunate to, 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 to still be doing what I do and, and love what I do and, and to be able to come out and entertain the fans on a, uh, wherever I go, and, and that's what it's all about. That's all I care about now. Entertain the fans, have fun, make sure they have fun, and get their money's worth out of me, and and 
Go ahead and ask your question. Thank you very Who much. Is this? It's it's Nick Hausman from Wrestling Nick. Inc. Hi. Hey. You want it Ross texted me he wanted me to introduce myself as, as Josh's bestie, and I don't think that's I don't <laughs> think that's ethically the right thing to do on a on a press call. Anyway. Uh, no, Nick won't Nick won't get uh the breaking news anymore if he introduced himself as the uh my not, best friend. You're not supposed to stooge off my sources, Josh. That kind of ruins it, you know. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Rosemary, uh, very excited to have you back in the mix. Uh, I was wondering, I when I was at the Nashville tapings, I saw Crazy Steve was back in the mix with Impact Wrestling. He got a really warm response from the crowd there, I thought. Um, are there any plans about uh, teaming you guys back up on, on TV? Darling, we would adore <laughs> if that were to be in our future. Uh, however, we don't know what the plans lie before us, but we have, of course, been speaking with our dear brother, Stephen. And should there come an opportunity to unite either as a duo or a recreation of a certain dominant group within the company, we would be all for that. But of course, if if our future has only solo battles, then so be it. But we would, as as we said, we would certainly adore such a such a opportunity and would definitely not pass it up. We've we've united with Steve on several independent promotions throughout the past year or two um and to do so on television again with impact wrestling would be absolutely wonderful awesome uh thank you very much uh, for the time uh thank you to sean thank you to raj honky tonk uh thank you to impact wrestling man what a big what a big reveal the the new champion that has returned or the former champion that has returned to impact wrestling Huge we, man, that's 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 really cool for them. That's we don't awesome. we don't know who it was because we were recording this before <laughs> the the press pass. Oh, I just blown right now. <laughs> oh my god, Christian's back. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you're gonna feel funny later whenever it is Christian. It right? could be yeah. it could you know, and that's a guy honestly that I keep thinking because they don't put haven't put him in the Hall of Fame, right? He's a big name draw. He's on he's on History Channel. He's on History Channel last night hosting Night Fight. I, he's in the TNA Hall of Fame. He's just not in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's that's right. Um, was, I think he might have been. The, was he the first TNA Hall of Famer? I think he might have. No, been. he was. No, he was, was the second one. The first one was Kurt Angle, Jeff Jarrett, one of those guys. I think it might have been Kurt Angle was the first one. Um, but anyway, we go back and check our history. Uh, well, anyway, just thank you everybody for participating this week. Great guests, great conversation all week long. Michael, I really enjoyed chatting with you today. We're going to get you back on Tuesday. It won't be long until we talk again. Um, and next week, we've got some big interviews already planned. I've already got them in the can. This has been a busy effing week for me, interview-wise. Uh, the Matt Taven interview will will air next week. I can promise you uh, it's going to be very cool and special uh, because there's some – I guess I can tease a little bit. There's some news that I was supposed to include in this interview with Matt, but because – of a situation where it is not totally 100% finalized. I can't talk about it with him yet, mm-hmm. so we have to hold it till next week. So that is kind of a decent tease, I guess. Um, and I, I got the privilege yesterday of sitting down with uh, Sonny Kiss for about half an hour, who's one of the new AEW signings. Do you know much about Sonny? Have you seen him on Lucha Underground or anything like that? Uh, enough to be dangerous, honestly. Okay. F- a, a feminine gay man in the conservative big man world of professional wrestling. This... Uh, I mean, he almost cried in this interview talking about what it, awesome. what it talks about, you know, what it means to him to become a role model for uh, young uh, gay children that are watching wrestling and don't have anybody to identify with. So um, 
I'm just a big fan of this one. I think you guys are going to like that a lot. We'll play that next week. And, um, you know, more to come, more fun stuff. Uh, Michael, do you have anything you'd like to plug, promote, or put over here to wrap us up? Well, I think it's really cool, uh, just number one, that you're kind of getting those perspectives. You know, I think professional wrestling it is in this industry that has for a long time needed more outside perspectives yeah. rather than traditional ones. So kudos to you for kind of nailing the interview. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, I am on Twitter, at The Real Wiseman. I don't tweet all the time. I don't live tweet every single show. But uh, a few of you guys have already followed me, and, and I love the conversation. So please tweet at me directly if you want to chat a little bit about some pro wrestling. And then if you want to see pictures of my dogs and my cats and sometimes an occasional selfie, follow me on Instagram, um, wiseman.ma. i got a few more things coming to the site, but best place to see those if you want to keep up with them is by following me on the Twitterverse. Awesome. And you can follow me on the Twitter sphere as well, Twitterverse, Twitter machine, whatever you want to call it. I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. We'll be back in the saddle Tuesday through Thursday next week. Subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio over on iTunes. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.